Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical lead or a practice manager and your primary care network to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to deliver some of your projects and network-based services, I would absolutely love to help you. So come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hi and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about the value of administrative support. And I am specifically talking to those of you in a management position, those of you in an administrative position, CEOs, COOs, and those of you that have got the opportunity to be able to expand your capacity using an administrator, an executive assistant, a project manager of some kind. And I got the idea for this episode because somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, could I book a meeting with you to discuss coming on the podcast? And when I said, yeah, no problem, send me your email and I'll get my PA Valentina to respond to you. They replied, oh, fancy. And I get that quite a bit when I say I'll get another member of my team to come back to you. And yeah, I just think it, I just think it's really interesting when people say that. I don't know what the intent is when they say that. I don't think it's fancy. I think as a CEO, as an employer, as a business owner that is trying to grow and I'm focused on only doing the tasks that I need to do, it is essential for me to have high quality administrative support. My business THC Primary Care has been going for five and a half years I started my business in March and in October, I hired a virtual assistant and I have had an assistant on and off ever since. The reason why I say off is because I had a period of time when my full-time administrator, um, we parted ways and then I struggled to fulfill that position and started using virtual support with the intention that I found a superstar employee. But I have used virtual assistant and currently at this time of recording, I've, we've used and use a lady called Sophie, who's amazing. Um, we use her as a part-time contractor, a virtual assistant. And now I've got Valentina, who delivers the role virtually, but she is an employee. She doesn't live that far from me, so she comes into the office once a week. And so far, so good. That is working really, really well. So the first thing people will say to me is, what does a virtual assistant do? What does she do for you, Tara? And just, I said she, because I'm talking about Valentina. Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. So we use an online project management tool and task manager called Asana. And that is how I populate the tasks for every member in my team. I'm currently looking in Valentina's Asana and she has got 46 tasks. Now, if she wasn't there, half of them wouldn't get done and the rest I would be doing 
and I wouldn't be concentrating on delivering the work for the client. So she's busy. I won't run through all 46 tasks. That'd be highly boring. But to give you an idea of what Valentina does and what all of my virtual assistants have done. So one of them is meeting management. We have got seven categories of meetings at THC. It is very involved and managing the diary on a day-to-day basis is an ongoing task. So booking podcast meetings or interviews, booking client calls, booking prospect client calls, attending training events. Every client comes with a reoccurring set of meetings that need to be slotted into my diary. Sometimes we also just schedule white space. So I've got actual time to deliver the work. So managing the meetings. We have toyed with using an automatic meeting scheduler like Acuity or You Can Book Me or Calendly. It just doesn't work for us. And when I have used those apps, there is always a glitch like I haven't got the link to the call or the notification hasn't gone into my email or the recipient isn't there. Like I'm yet to I'm yet to use these meeting schedulers and be wowed. So it still is a manual process. If any of you can recommend an app that works, you know, like with my eyes closed, just let me know. But um, it's still a very a manual process and the diary changes daily. And then once a week we meet and we go through the diary for the week. Just double check, make sure if I need any information, any papers, make sure all the meeting links are in there. Make sure I know the name of the person that I'm meeting and why we are meeting, what the aim of the meeting is for. So I'll run through all of that with my assistant and that's really helpful. And sometimes we look at the diary two weeks in advance so we know what is coming up. So the next big category of activities is financial management and invoicing. So the assistant is responsible for logging all of our income and expenditure via Xero. Um, That is an online app that we use and raising our client invoices. I would say at the moment, the assistant will spend um, once a month logging all of those tasks um, and I just pop them in her Asana with a short description. She will populate that in zero and then she will attach a copy of the receipt for the accountant. So that is, it doesn't have to be done weekly. That can be a monthly task. And then I will have a monthly money meeting with myself to look at the income and expenditure, mainly looking at the expenditure and just asking myself the question, why is a business purchasing what it's purchasing and trying to reduce that cost? So the next big thing, and this obviously specifically for us, we have got the Business of Healthcare Scholarship that is currently launching. So there is a lot of work to do on that. So that is Valentina's project. So she is, she's picked that up from me and she's running with that and making sure that runs smoothly. So she's got a lot of tasks associated with that. And you guys will have specific work streams that you could give a member of your team or hire somebody to take that administration off your plate. I've worked with a coach also for five years, different coaches, and it always comes up. In order to grow, you need to release the stuff that you do not have to do. And there is, I think we all have experienced times where we think, well, it's just easier and quicker if I do it. Just because you can do it, it doesn't mean you should do it. 
every non-essential task you are spending your time on, you are putting little barriers in your way. You're making life harder for yourself to achieve those bigger goals. So as my personal assistant, there are some personal tasks that go in. For example, claiming on a private healthcare insurance claim, storing some information on my legal power of attorney, some bits around my car insurance. So those little, you know, like personal admin tasks can also be carried out by an assistant. Then there is client work. So some of our clients have an action log. So I'll go to a meeting. I will record um, the actions, just I'll scribble them down in my pad. Then I will send voice notes to Valentina and I will just dictate the action that needs to go into the action log, it takes me less than, it takes me a couple of minutes to just dictate them and then she will populate the action log. It doesn't take hardly any time at all. Even if it's saving me half an hour, that's, you know, half an hour, if that means I can get out of my office on time and spend that with my family, that's what I should do. And it also helps um, Valentina understand the work of the client. So it's not abstract. She really gets involved in the delivery of the work. So going back to the scholarship, the first cohort is being launched um, as we speak. In se- I'm recording this in September 2020. We will have another cohort launching next year. So we're already starting planning for that. So that again is Valentina's project. So your assistant can help with current work and support you with future pieces of business development. We get a lot of social media messages that come in. Our main platforms are LinkedIn. You can find me at Tara Humphrey on Twitter and Instagram. We You can find us at, at THC Primary Care. So we get a lot of messages and um, people wanting to just kind of check in and have a exploratory call around what we do. And I'd say mainly about the podcast and the scholarship at the moment. So I use to be really tardy in getting back to those people and I feel I would never want people to think that I'm lazy at getting back or I just ignore people if I haven't got back to people it's I just haven't had the time now I've got um now we've got administrative support on a regular basis Valentina works part-time and with the intention hopefully she can go full-time you know I want you know I want every message to be responded to within 24 hours. So she keeps an eye on our social media channels to make sure all those inquiries get as now a swift response and we can book that meeting in. Or if it doesn't warrant a meeting, I can quickly, I, she will quickly notify me that um, so-and-so has contacted me. This is the question and I can send that person back a quick voice note. So going back to financial management, this isn't a weekly task, but when we have our quarterly management accounts, we typically get lots of inquiries that come back um, from the account, the accountant. So that is the job of the assistants to manage those, go back and go into the bank account and just double check the description of things to make sure everything is accurate and to send to the accountant our quarterly bank statement. So that is a job that I don't have to do. Storing information is another one. So when policies come out from the um, from the NHS or from our clients, making sure that they are all correctly stored. We use Dropbox, but as we speak, we're moving over to OneDrive. So everything will be organised. Um, I don't know if you ever found it, but in the past, and I hate to admit even now, you know when you've got like business folder one, business folder two, business folder three, you know, like you... You don't correctly 
title and tab the names of uh, folders properly so when you need to find something sometimes it can be a little bit clunky and you get used to you work around your you know like your mayhem Um, having an assistant you know that is another project to make sure everything is slick everything is archived that we don't no longer need to view on a regular basis and I'm investing in this because with the intention that we grow as we get more team members on I want uh, the systems and processes and policies all in one place, all up to date. I mentioned that we're moving from Dropbox to OneDrive. So we have used to have a Gmail account and to be honest, I just haven't got on with it. So we're going back to Outlook. We've got an IT company helping us with the migration, but to make sure the I's are dotted and the T's across and everything has migrated properly, and transferring the files from OneDrive over to Dropbox and setting up the channels. I've got high hopes from Microsoft Teams that we can have everything integrated within the Office family. So that will be Valentina's job to set all of that up. In the past, when we had a bigger team, it was the job of my assistant to support and onboard new people, make sure they had all the HR policies, um, speak to payroll. And sometimes in organisations, your assistant can do your payroll for you. But we do have an accountant that does that for us. But sending out pay slips, making sure that that person's got a HR folder with their contact details in and all of that stuff. We're not a big organisation, so we don't have a HR department, but some of the HR admin can be taken on by an assistant. Obviously, due to coronavirus, there isn't much travel, but before coronavirus hit, the majority I spent the majority of my time out and about with clients and that is what I love to do and I cannot wait to get dressed up again I know I can get dressed up at home but it's not the same and go out and meet my clients so when that is back in play it will be Valentina's job to organize my travel when I say travel it's making sure I get to the right place at the right time whether I am driving or whether I am using public transport also, I use my assistant in the past. Um, I don't know if I should admit this to help me with Christmas presents. Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, family holidays, booking Airbnbs. Um, when I do my challenges, so I've done a few ultra marathons and a few mountain climbs. So if a personal um, trip that involves me going abroad, that is the job of my assistant in the past. Um, I have had support to go to Canada um, and California and various places just around the UK to do my ultra marathons. So it's really helpful. We have, we've got a travel checklist and when I'm just doing local like client trips, when I'm going into London, we just have, um, uh, just a travel checklist. Like, have I got the postcode? If I need an advanced train ticket, all of that stuff. If I'm leaving at 10, if my meeting is at 10 o'clock, I like to get there I like to get there an hour early just to make sure because you just don't know whether there's going to be an accident or there's going to be delays on public transport. So I like to get there early. So we'll have a quick meeting, 15 minute meeting. And basically they just say, Tara, you need to do X, Y, Z. And then I just do it. And again, with hotel um, confirmation, making sure I know where I'm going, how to get there and all of that stuff. All of this stuff is really time consuming and takes you away from being the CEO or the executive or the manager of your area or your business. So kind of going back to the start when people say, oh, fancy, it's like, no, it's not fancy, it's essential. And to reiterate, I could do this stuff myself 
but I want to grow. I want to only do the tasks that I need to do. I see every member of my team an investment that will help me enable to grow the business. I used to feel really funny about asking people to do personal tasks for me. And I think everybody, if you're, I think if you're female, lots of you may have watched The Devil Wears Prada. So when people, when, when assistants come for an interview, that film always comes up when they're trying to understand what my view of an assistant is. And it's not me barking orders. It's not me walking in and chucking my coat on somebody's desk. It's not a 24 seven job. Lots of people ask me, you know, like, when is the end of the day? And is the end of the day the, the real end of the day? And it's like, yes, I do not work, want you working past 5.30. It's not the sort of job that you need to work in your own time. If I'm on a trip, I might need, I might phone you for whatever reason. I think um, when I went to California a couple of years ago, I lost my passport. So I needed a little bit of, well, I just needed <laughs> just an ear be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, so just support with things like that. But it's not in, in THC, it's not a 24-7 job. I'm not phoning them up at 10 o'clock and asking really, you know, silly questions. Like, where's this and where's that? It's not that sort of job. Where I've done quite a lot of research about how to utilise uh, the role of a an assistant. So the two books come to mind. One is Your World Class Assistant by Michael Hyatt, and it come it's a book and it's an also an audio program, so that's really helpful. There is a book by Jan Jones called The CEO Secret Weapon: How Great Leaders and Their Assistants Maximise Productivity and Effectiveness. That book is extremely helpful. There is also an online resource called Practically Perfect PA, and that is a resource for personal and executive assistants. And as a CEO, I've also find it really, really helpful. My kind of approach to working with an assistant is that it's not just the role of the assistant to work for me, and it's kind of my way or the highway. It is a partnership. We have to work together. So I've read all those books and I've looked at I've looked at a lot of the videos and the resources from Practically Perfect PA. So I am um, a it helps me manage my own expectations and I want to be a good boss. I want to be I don't want to lose my PA because they think I don't value them or I don't understand their role or I'm micromanaging them. So it's really helpful to hear the views of many executive assistants and PAs and like the bugbears of the job. So I don't hopefully make those mistakes, but I'm human. I have made those mistakes. I do. We all like things the way that we like them. So I've got a lot better at the very, very start of the relationship in saying, this is how I like things. Um, I'm happy to flex on some things, but in regards to, and as an example, I like them to use Asana. So if they leave or if they're, they're unwell, I understand, I know the status of each task. I've had people that have left and they've taken their pad with them and I haven't had a clue. So I don't like that. Um, it's not for me to micromanage. It's for me to have an overview of the business. So I'm very clear at that front. And at the beginning, I didn't want to be that person. I didn't like to say that. I know it's, I know people are listening to me like, Tara, you're the boss, but I didn't like to say that. I want to give my team the autonomy and authority to manage the workload in the way that they feel is most productive 
but how I like Asana set up. I like it neat and tidy and clear. Um, that is a non-negotiable. So I think for you leaders out there, you need to understand how you like to work and then also ask your assistant, how do you like to work? So it's give and take. And they also feel that they've got some say in their role and they're not just at mercy to their executive. So I hope that's helpful. And I thought I'd also share from a project management side. So we provide project management and network management to our clients working uh, predominantly in primary care networks. So the sorts of things I'm doing on behalf of my clients, a little bit of meeting management, not too much. And then I would pass that to a member of my team. Filling in action logs, uh, completing reports, completing returns, updating governance, sometimes chairing meetings or providing, you know, a, a lot of support to that meeting in regards to communicating the progress of certain work streams. We're getting involved in the recruitment of the additional roles to support primary care networks. So again, making sure job descriptions are right. We've done a few kind of videos on social media, uh, monitoring social media um, around those inquiries, around those roles, attending NHS training events and then feeding that back. Just managing the front to end of a project. One of the projects I'm working on is a proactive care at home project. So setting that up, employing the staffs, being clear on the service specification and the criteria and the financial model and making sure there's equity across the PCN. All of these just boil down into tasks. If I wasn't there, some of that wouldn't get done and it would sit with the clinical directors. I like to set up a dashboard for my PCN so I can have just on, it's not quite one page if you print it out, but when on viewed on my computer, we've got an overview of all of the tasks. We set up folders, so we've got all of the documents in there. So there's no, you know, lots of um, CDs store this. When I say CDs, I'm referring to clinical directors, store things just in their email on their desktop. And there's no kind of real home for this or these documents and that becomes a problem when people are updating documents and there's lots of version control but there is no control because everybody's storing them separately on their computers so again I like to set up team channels and have all of that information stored centrally within their network there's the old school newsletter so in my team my marketing manager Katie does that and she also sometimes helps out with our clients but again I can do that or my um, administrative assistant can do that as well so if the network needs a method of communication that's not just email then again we can do that and we can take that off the clinical director's plate. So if you are a clinical director working in a primary care network I hope, again, that this gives you some practical, tangible ideas on how you can utilise your project manager. You can also send your project manager along to meetings for you. The other day was I wrote a letter, um, I drafted a letter to the CCG. And in the past, I've gone along to CCG meetings and renegotiated a service specification. Depends on the skill level of your network manager, but this all can be trained We've all, you know, I didn't, wasn't born with this information. I have trained, I have studied and I have learned through experience and I've learned through lots of mistakes. And then finally, I just wanted to talk about money and I've gone through this. So I'm speaking from firsthand experience. Why pay somebody to do something that I can do myself? 
because there's only so many hours in the day. The vision is to grow and have a good quality of life while I'm doing it. I don't want to waste my time doing tasks I don't like repeatedly. The quality slips and it is noticeable and delivering low quality work is not going to support me to grow. See additions to your team as an investment, not an expense. If you see growing your team as an expense, you won't do it because you'll be thinking, you'll have the mindset, I'm giving away money that could be mine. Why would I, why would I do that? If you see it as an investment, I am investing somebody to help me to grow. And I think that they're very two different mindsets to be in. And I've been in the latter camp. It has taken me a while. Even though I hired very early on, my marketing manager, my full-time marketing manager, really had to get my head around, do I need a full-time position to do this? And yes, the answer is yes, I do. And I very much enjoy having the support in-house and I can do so much more, so much more quickly. But I do use interim support. Um, so I use both and there is a need for both. And just because if you go down the interim route, the contractor route, they will still be as loyal and invested in helping you to grow their business as I am with my clients. They're just multi-passionate and like to be, you know, like the king and queen of their own castle. And that's absolutely fine. They come to me. They come to you as a consultant. They are specialists and they know their stuff and they can get, they can hit the ground that little bit quicker. With hiring an employee, you are committing to develop them. It gives you a little bit more, a broader scope um, to be able for them to be versatile, for them to jump in and do different things. And some people like being a contractor and that's absolutely fine. And some people like being an employee and that is absolutely fine. So it's not one or the other. They just, this they serve slightly different purposes. And yep, I am a contractor and I have used contractors and will use contractors um, as this business go- goes and as this business moves forwards. I like to mix mix them both. You all have all heard this advice, but I feel like I have to include it. Really take the time to design the role and know what the role is going to be. Try to define the role as much as you possibly can before the person starts, before you create your job description. Otherwise, they're going to be floundering. You're going to be expecting one thing. They're going to be expecting another. It's just going to end in frustration. And I'm saying this to you from firsthand experience, okay? Give them a really good induction. Give them your time. Prepare for your interactions with them. Train them. Don't complain about when they ask to develop themselves. Like, be happy. Like, one of our core values is professional development. And when um, I see my team reading, reading blogs, wanting to do, wanting to better themselves so they can do their job better. It doesn't cross my mind. I don't think, oh, what if they're training themselves up to leave? If they're going to leave, they're going to leave. We we can't live in fear that if we treat our staff well, they're going to go. Some of them will go. Some of them probably need to go after a while. That's okay. I, I feel like, and I get this kind of attitude from my past employers before I had the business, you know, my employer, my employer, Audrey, and she's been on the podcast so she wasn't my employer. She was my line manager when I was employed at a university. 
Um, she came on Audrey Songhurst, episode 25, where we talked about the messiness of management. Um, I asked to go on training courses. One of them was an MBA. She's like, yeah, she knew I wasn't going to stay. She, I said to her, and I asked her, why did you allow me to do that course? And she was like, it's one of her values. How could she not? I had a fantastic time in that organization. And even though I'm not there anymore, I take some of those principles and values that I learn about managing people into my own organization. And yes, that doesn't affect their bottom line, but I am paying it forward. And I think that's all you can ask. You can't tie people to an organization if they don't want to go, allow them to go with grace and support them to move on and up. And that goodwill will come back to you and you'll get the next employee and you'll know so much more. Every employee makes you a better leader, even if it's a nightmare. I've not had a nightmare, but I've had I've had some difficult times. And in that time, in those moments, I felt like, oh my God, I'm crap. I'm not going to be able to knock out for this. And then the next person comes along and I take all those lessons that I have learned about myself and managing other people and how I communicate with other people um, and set tasks. And I asked them, my last virtual assistant, Gail, I said to her, what advice would you give me to support the next employee? And And Gail stayed until my next employee started. And she said, Tara, sometimes you don't explain things enough. You expect me to know X, Y, and Z, and I don't unless you tell me. So she said, sometimes, yeah, I don't understand. And it's really important. I like to understand the context. So I really try my best to slow down and explain the who, what, why, when and where and how um, to my team members and not just um, magically expect them to know. And, you know, it. I welcome the feedback. I want to be better. The only way I'm going to grow successfully is to become better. And I would be a fool to not ask my team members. I'm not perfect. And to help me with recruitment and retention and professional development and how I am as a leader, I have a coach and I've used coaches on a long-term basis and a short-term basis. There is a lady called Shelley Warren and she has got a podcast called Stacking Your Team. And I have used Shelley for one-off pieces of advice and she's worth every penny. She's, she's based in Canada. She's part of a network called Biz Chicks. I think she's worked for a Fortune 500 company. She loves management. If you have got a sticky problem, I would recommend scheduling a strategy call with her. Um, I think the call I'd scheduled with her was 45 minutes and was thinking, God, this feels like a real lot of money for 45 minutes. I think she'd solve my issue in like 50. <laughs> she was she was amazing. I also use Orchard Employment when um, the time has come to let people go, making sure that I do it in the right way. Orchard Employment is headed up by a lady called Gemma. Gemma's also been on the podcast. Gemma was on episode 21. That episode is called How to Create an Attractive Place to Work with Gemma Fairclough-Haynes. So again, there is support. Gemma has helped me with just general HR policies. And also Gemma has helped me with general HR policies. And she's absolutely fantastic. And again, the things that, you know, like if you contract with a specialist... They will say, yes, you have to pay for their advice and rightly so. They will save you so much time and money. So again, 
I book a call with Gemma. And again, it's resolved in 15 minutes because she lives and breathes HR and the legal side of it and the, all the complexities of it. As a business owner, I've got an overview, but I'm not the expert in HR. I'm the expert in project management. So I contract with people who are the expert. I'm going to stop now because this episode is so much longer than I thought it was going to be. But my final few words, (laughs) not just yet, my final few words is that the point of these behind the scenes podcasts is for me to share how I'm growing my business in order to help you. I'm a CEO, I'm an employer, I'm building my business just like you are. Um, And if you're not building your business, you are a manager of some kind or you're working in the field of healthcare. I hope those of you in in an administrative position are nodding along and saying, yes, Tara, yes, yes, I like your advice. Value your administrative support. You could not do your job without them. And for those of you struggling without one, when you get one and get some, um, treasure them and value them. And you will think, wow, I should have done this ages ago. If you haven't already, if you check out the behind the scenes of how we do our podcasts, that may be helpful for some of you in thinking about embarking on this wonderful journey. I've also shared some insights from my clients around turning hope into solid plans. We don't just want to hope, we want to put some plans and consider the risks and mitigations. That is episode 64. In episode 62, I my advice to you guys is around protecting your time and that it's okay to say no, no, not now, in order to for you to prioritise on your strategic priorities. In episode 60, I talk about the value of having a loose agenda when you are building relationships in your primary care networks or your clinical groups or your organisations. Sometimes you need an agenda to keep it focused. When the focus is on developing the relationship, you can afford for it to be a little bit looser, have a couple of broad themes and just talk. In episode 58, I take you guys through my process of how to have a good day, especially when it's going to be a busy one. You really want to set your day up for success. And in episode 56, I talked to you guys about the importance of auditing your time. So there is a purpose behind these podcasts, and that is to share my practical steps on how I am doing my job as a CEO and to give you a behind the scenes look at some of the advice I'm giving my clients in the hope that it will support you personally, your organisations and the projects you are working on. And I will see you in the next episode. so much for joining us and if you like what you hear it would be great if you could give us a shout out on social media you can find me on twitter at thc primary care on instagram again at thc primary care or on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and if you really like it it would be great if you left us an itunes a five-star rating and review and i will see you in the next episode